welcome to Coffee and an Interview. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Pena, and I'm here today with Christina Browning, a home functionality coach who also has her own podcast, Home Space and Reason. How are you today, Christina? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. Um, You have an interesting title, a home functionality coach, and I thought we could just jump right in there and talk a little bit about what you do as a home functionality coach. What is that? Well, I'm a realtor in the greater Portland, Oregon area, and I'm a home functionality coach, both. And what that means is I basically geek out on every subject imaginable regarding houses. So when I go into a space, I found myself as a realtor really analyzing whether a space is working or sometimes homeowners would say, this space is so odd. I just have never known what to do with it. So when I list, I stage, and then they'll they'll say things like, gosh, had this been how it was set up the whole time, I might not even want to sell. So eventually I started hearing from clients more and more that, you know, if you could help me tweak my house, not really in an interior design way per se, although a lot of what I do has to do with aesthetics, but more in making it function to its best and highest potential for that specific family and their passions. And that's how the concept for a home functionality coach evolved. Very interesting. And when working with your clients, what's your process as a home functionality coach? What does that look like? Well, I first have to really understand why the person contacted me to begin with. And a lot of times it will be a listener of my Home Space and Reason podcast who gets you know, well, I've heard you talk about, you know, you making sense of spaces that never have worked or felt awkward. Or I hear you talk about asking if you have the right home for you. You know, sometimes people will say, well, she wants to sell, but I want to stay. And I kind of come in as the neutral party and just ask important questions. And it really helps them to decide whether keeping the home and making some, you know, either renovations or changes in how the home functions is a better idea or whether it's indeed time to list and find the next place for them. So as you're saying that, I feel like I'm on a TV episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of those reality shows, home improvement. uh, Yes, those are fun. So what's different about the work you do uh, in comparison to these shows that right now I feel like I'm in one of these shows? (laughs) Well, I think the psychology aspect is really important. Um, The reason why the podcast is called Home Space and Reason is because there's an extra bit of emphasis on questioning yourself. What are the reasons behind the spaces and how I have them set up? So, you know, everyone can um, identify with frustrations in either certain spaces of their home or in certain tasks. One thing I thought was really interesting is in the condo that I lived in prior to the home we live in now, I was really, really bad at doing laundry. 
like so bad. Like I hated it. Laundry built up. Once the laundry got done, it would then sit unfolded in a basket. But in this new house, I am a rock star at it. And I thought, wait, why is that? And really when I dissected it, it was more about the space being set up to support that task. And I hated doing it less. So once I got the space dialed in and I had uh, a method, if you will, that worked for me, may not work for everyone, but it worked for me, I was actually really good at getting the laundry done, getting it folded, put away. It doesn't sit around. It doesn't rot in the washer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I kind of geek out on that piece of it, the psychology of it. And so every episode in the podcast really goes through questions that you can ask yourself about your own space and your reason. That's fascinating. I I almost felt guilty, but I did do my laundry yesterday and I put half of it away. (laughs) Well, another half and nothing. Another thing I often encourage people is to is to celebrate the little wins. Any progress is good progress. Like it's a, it's an all positive podcast because, you know, if we focus on the negative, that can be a whole big rabbit hole. So I always try to keep everything kid friendly and positive. That's good to know. And thank you because I can celebrate my halfway, putting away half of the laundry yesterday. Outstanding. <laughs> and I'll do my other half today. But, um, you know, you're making me think I'm looking at my home. I'm, I'm working from home right now. And I'm thinking about the different spaces and um, spaces that I wasn't using this way before until we went into um, COVID-19 or pandemic. And I'm wondering, have, have you um, shared anything in any of your episodes about um, transforming spaces at home for work, as workspaces, especially since we're working from home more? Absolutely. Episode 29 is just about the home office and really dissecting what it looks like, what it feels like, and how it functions. Uh, I think that our home office is an interesting topic right now because sometimes there are two adults having to work in the same space. How do you do that when you have a Zoom call and your partner also has to be on Zoom? I've spoken with many people who are camping out in closets trying to record podcasts or do Zoom calls because their partner is out in the other space or they have several children that are at home. So I think it's all such an interesting topic. And I also think that, you know, creating flex spaces exactly um, for a time like this is super important. That way, depending on what season you're in, like even if you talk about outside of the pandemic, when your life shifts or changes, and maybe you have an elderly parent that's going to come live with you for a while, or maybe you have a grown child that comes back home for a few years, like whenever your seasons change, I think it's interesting to talk about how your home can flex, how your home can support those different times without having to sell and buy a new one every time that things shift a bit. That's an excellent point. This idea of flex spaces and um, homes that can shift 
to meet our needs at that time is something we rarely talk about. It's important. I think that a lot of times we really lock on to a space based on what it was originally built for. So I like to use the formal dining room as the perfect example. If you have a formal dining room with a chandelier in it, that's maybe an elongated space. There's a lot of people that I've talked to that just don't use it at all. And yet they say, I really want to sell and I need more space. And I'm thinking if we were to just remove the chandelier and make the space feel, you know, maybe take down the wainscoting or just make it function differently, maybe it could be the space where your dad does his physical therapy every day and where you do your yoga every day and where your son can have his Zoom call for his Taekwondo every day. So then suddenly that same space that was never being used at all is now being used by three people in your family every single day. And what a good feeling that would be to keep the space and just have it be able to shift for the season of your life. That's an excellent point. And I'm actually podcasting from my dining room. I shifted that space and turned in half office, half a podcasting area and a flex workspace so that others can work with me who live here as well. So that's standing. Yeah. Makes me feel better about the decision I made, but, but it was great to think about using a space that we underutilize differently. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's really about questioning your footprint and your like heat map, if you will, how much space do we have? And how much time are we spending in each space within the house? And this includes your outdoor space. I mean, if you've got wasted space outside, I'm using air quotes here, wasted space, meaning you you just never touch it, you're never in it. I love uh, really sort of deep diving into what do we need? What do we wish we could have? We have a really tiny yard. And one of the things that I did, an exercise that I did for myself was to go, gosh, what do I love most about vacations? And one of the things that I enjoy is a good hammock. And, you know, a great drink on a warm day. And so I thought, well, why can't I build a hammock cabana in a tiny spot in my yard because we have no trees big enough to support a hammock? And so I love the use of this space that was literally, you know, maybe five or six feet long by three or four feet wide. And our whole yard is 12 feet wide. So to give you some perspective, we've got a little tiny sliver of space, but using that space to its best and highest potential is super important, especially when you have, you know, a small space that you're working with. And now we spend a good amount of time out there every single day that it's warm and that feels good. That's wonderful. I I like this concept of using wasted space, using air quotes, right? Using our wasted space. I think that uh, some lessons we already are hearing is, you know, creating flex spaces, using uh, wasted space to be able to meet not just our needs, but also our desires and our wants to absolutely our, our lives. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Episode 26 is just about creating great outdoor spaces. And then I followed that up with episode 27. And that's just about attracting hummingbirds and butterflies and birds to that very space. And then episode 28 is about fencing and hedges and privacy screens. So you could kind of like binge listen to three in a row. And that's all about like outdoor awesome, right? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And how many episodes <laughs> do you have on your podcast already? Uh, right now, we're I'm in recording and production on episode 35. Wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, actually, since we're talking about your podcast now, what are some of, and, and you already shared one of these, but what are some of the major themes or concepts that you've shared already in your podcast that we can go in and listen to. You talked about outdoor spaces, outside spaces. What are some other things that have come up that you feel are really important for our listeners to know uh, that it's out there in your podcast? Yeah, you bet. Well, the podcast generally focuses on home functionality, design, automation, and organization, And then in there, I mix in history and psychology. So you're going to see a lot of or hear a lot of functionality stuff, but also sometimes how a home functions depends greatly on how it feels. If you want to be in the space or not, sometimes is because of its aesthetics or its lighting. So when you go into a space, whether it's in a home or out in the world, and you really feel like you want to linger there and you just sort of settle in and you're having a good conversation and it feels like a million bucks, there's a reason why it feels so good. And it's probably because there was some thought put into it. There's likely really good light. It's likely a comfortable space for you to be in because maybe your back is either against the wall or there's something behind you that gives you a sense of security. The lighting is probably not too bright. It's probably warm light. So those sorts of things I touch on in a lot of the episodes, I know that lighting is such a big deal and you'll hear that as a reoccurring theme in the episodes, you know, really visiting what kind of light do I have? Is it appropriate for how I want to feel in this space? Because brighter white light is often really good for projects and high energy and you know, your home office, but then maybe later in the day, you want it to be a little bit more warm. So we talk about dimmers, we talk about smart lights that can change the hue uh, without having to change the bulb. Um, So episode six actually is just about windows and lighting and really deep diving in what kind of lighting do I have in my house and in each room and is it working for me? And maybe the rooms that I'm never in, it could be because the lighting is crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and it's, a, it's an interesting topic because again, another topic within this idea of home functionality, we never really talk about lighting. We want our rooms to be bright. Some of us might have limited windows because of our apartments or our homes. Some of us, you know, just, I only know, okay, buy a light bulb, get a 60 watts or higher, depending on how much light I want. And I'm not very schooled, quote unquote, schooled in in this world of lighting, but I know that lighting affects my mood and my productivity. I just haven't been able to make a good connection to understand how to play with lighting to maximize 
what I want out of the space I'm using, whether it's my home office, my bedroom, my living room, my kitchen. You know, we always think about bright lights if we're going to do some work or some cooking, low lights if we're in the bedroom, but that it's more than that. And here's an example of how we can look at our home differently and design it in a way that helps us feel better about ourselves and what we do in our home and how we use our spaces. You nailed it. You know, windows and artificial light together combined help us function and do what we need to do every day. But really deep diving into that, especially if you've got spaces that are handling more than one task. So in your in your um, scenario there, let's say you actually did use this space both for podcasting during the day, but maybe to eat at night. I would say that light needs to be different so that you can really enjoy your dinner. It could be warmer, but when you're doing your podcasting, it should be cooler and brighter and more energetic so that you're not falling asleep at the wheel, so to speak. Um, And there's smart lights that can handle that, but there's also dimmers that could do the trick and having a combination of light in the main light that's in the ceiling, probably in the center, um, with lamps that are more mid room and lower table lamps and that sort of thing. Combinations of that can help. And really, it starts with um, self-reflection because there's no one answer that fits every person or every home. And that's why I pose questions for you to think through about your space and your reason, because you're really asking yourself, how am I using this space and what are my needs? And those needs are going to likely change over the years. And that's absolutely okay. This is the psychology behind the work you do, getting us to reflect and to put the, put the pieces together as to what do I need to do in my home based on my needs. It is. You know, episode eight, I wanted to mention because it's all about managing sentimental things. I mean, that can be a hornet's nest of sorts, like a burden of gigantic proportions, dealing with heirlooms or things that people have passed down to you. And therefore, you feel an obligation to keep despite maybe not even liking the thing or maybe you don't use it. It's the giant set of china that you inherited and you never use. Like that's a thing. And a lot of um, people have huge portions of their home taken up by storing sentimental things. It, It even can double or triple when you involve children and like, the parent guilt to save the artwork or the toys that was dear to them. So there's different levels of this with each person, but it can be a giant rabbit hole and dissecting the feelings that you have about that, really having a come to Jesus with yourself about how much you have, or maybe even how much it stresses you. Um, That's all episode eight. And it's kind of a big deal. I find like most people that I talk to have stuff they are keeping because they feel that they should. Yes. Yes. And it's not, it's not hoarding. It's, it's, you're holding on to these sentimental things, but you don't know where to put them, how to store them. And sometimes it's not just things that people have given to you or the artwork of the children. In my case, I mean, I I hold on to things from high school, from middle school, um, to, to anything that represents a, a positive memory in my life. 
I hold on to all these things, even like my middle school sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm in my 40s. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and I, you know, I have it, you know, with signatures. And I think it, it psychologically, it's just so difficult to figure out how to part with some of these things or what to do with them in a home, especially when you start downsizing or you have more people living with you, you're running out of space, you don't have as much flex space. So this, this is a very complicated topic, actually. It is. And there are some questions in that episode, um, episode eight, that's talking about, you know, how could we use this so that it's not just sitting in a box? And how can we maybe distribute it? If if we know that we've got this thing, for instance, uh, my dad, who's since passed, made this candle holder when I was a young child, a set of candle holders that my mom had given me. And one of them went to my brother, one of them went to me, well, I'm not going to use an old fashioned vintage wood candle holder, but I was able to sort of rethink it. And it now hangs on the wall as a spot for my air plants um, to live and they're perched there. And it's beautiful and it's being used in a different way. So I think sometimes when you can ask yourself, like, I know that this was the original intent for this plate, but maybe I could use it as art and, or maybe I could use it in a different, this, this tray, maybe this tray could hold checkers and we could sit on the floor with floor pillows and use it to play games every night. Or So it's really about rethinking what do I have? Um, what kind of quantity do I have? Do I really want and need to keep it all or could I pare it down a bit? And sometimes there are places that would need items that you could gift that could use that in a better and more high for a better and more higher purpose, I guess. So you could feel good about giving it away. It's not like you're putting it in the landfill. Excellent point. Thank you for sharing that because um, I definitely need help in that area as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This has been an amazing uh, interview. Um, Again, It's a new area for me, home functionality coach, but it makes perfect sense in terms of how we relate to spaces and use them. And I wanted to see if you had any final thoughts or anything else that you might like to share that we didn't get to discuss in this interview. You know, I just think introspection is important. Um, What gives you pleasure, what lights you up, even if it's, gosh, I really used to love doing this thing. I don't know why I don't do it anymore. Might it be because you haven't made space in your home for it to really support that? If you used to love to sew, is your sewing machine stuffed in the closet underneath 17 things? Because if it is, you're probably not going to get it out because it's kind of a pain and you're not going to indulge yourself in something that you really love that was a great wholesome activity that filled your soul. I think Now more than ever, it's important to do self-reflection and think about your home in a way that it can truly support and enhance your life because you don't spend more time anywhere else than your home. And so making sure that it's a space that supports you 
and that can fill you up and bring you joy, I think that's really the ultimate. Thank you for, for that advice and that information you've provided us today. I encourage all of you who are listening to this podcast to listen to Christina's podcast. You're going to get a lot of insight uh, when thinking about your own home and the functionality of your home. And all her resources, including the podcast link, are listed in the description section for this episode. Christina, thank you so much for joining me today for coffee and an interview and for sharing all this insight with all of us. I truly appreciate it. And you're definitely giving me a lot of homework to do this week as I look at my own home and how to enhance its functionality. Jacqueline, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.